Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by BetSperts. Welcome to The Deep Dive. It is Wednesday. It is the eve-ish of Divisional Weekend. We have seven games remaining. We have eight teams remaining. Um, not a lot of quarterbacks in our intro still playing football. That's uh, that's something else, I guess. Yeah. Um, but about uh, that. yeah, we're getting near. Uh, we're getting to the end uh, of the road here. Uh, we're going to do one of these for the ch- conference championships. We'll do uh, an interstitial week one. We do. Who, we'll who's do golfing? One and yeah, the interstitial is always the yeah. Let's talk, let's talk about the the thirty teams that aren't here. Just yep. briefly, like we should do our awards show then too, maybe. Yeah, we can do whatever we want. Then. Just because we did yeah. it last year doesn't mean we have to do it this year. We can do awards. Um, maybe that is a good awards week. Yeah, yeah, because we can talk about the everybody else after. <laughs> yeah, oh, we can talk about some of the everybody else's now. That, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good February. Well, no, that, and that is, I brought this up off the air with Drew. I said, you know, we only have the four games. Sometimes we're pushed and pressed and limited by the fact that we have 16 games to talk about. With a little more space, a little more room to breathe tonight. So, yeah, we were going to touch on some of the news, and Dame um, points out one of the first things. We'll start with that because the chat has brought it up. Mike McCarthy is returning. Mm. I guess I didn't really bring this up too much on the air. I feel like I talked about it once, but Jerry kind of tends to speak his mind. Yes, and he does. When we went to the end of the year, Jerry was pretty glowing about Mike. As fact, you know, the fact that he said, I've been really impressed with the coaching this year. I'm happy with where we're at with the coaching. Like he wasn't in a, Hey, you know, we, we could have been better. We should have been better. We better be good in the playoffs. Like he was kind of in a good mood. So I guess it's not as surprising as it seems to be to some that they would cut him loose this early. Jerry, I don't know. Maybe Jerry realizes that he's not getting bill. He probably doesn't want to work with bill. I don't know. Do you want, does that enough? Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. Like, you're not getting Bill. You're probably not getting Jim. Like, where's your upgrade? Is it Harbaugh? Is it one of these OCs? Yeah. He's never been, you know, I don't know, great about identifying some, you know, up-and-comers. He's sure. found guys that have had, I mean, the, Jimmy Johnson had some success previously, I'd say. McCarthy obviously had some success previously. I don't know what the Jason Garrett thing was. Uh, the, yeah. You know, the, the Phillips name carries some weight. So I, I don't know that he would like go after Callahan or Bill Parcells. He brought yeah. Parcells in. That didn't go so hot. That was, uh, weird. That was a weird one. Uh, all right. The uh, no, I right. bring my and to back. Patrick's He's point. Character. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm not saying this next year. Like it does kind of feel like he is going to be written about a bunch in August. Like guys on the hot seat. You know, number one, Mike McCarthy for sure. Yeah. Um, and my hot seat or whatever. Like, I mean, I mean McCarthy Coaching and Tomlin. McCarthy like... and Tomlin may walk away from the game because they're at that stage. They're at the Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick stage of their careers anyway. Like they may need to may need a breather <laughs> for uh for lack of a better word. So maybe a mutual parting of ways. Who the heck knows? Um Sirianni coming back by the sound of it. They're uh yeah. although they are they have a lot of work to do to repopulate their um coordinator space. Um, you know what the theme of a lot of this was, I thought, is that co- let fewer coaches who made the playoffs this year were fired largely because there's not obviously good candidates you can get. 
There's a lot of teams that are ahead of you in line in terms of evaluating candidates, which does not help you. Uh, and really, the coordinator searches is the real, like, wow. Like, the coordinator hires last year were pretty bad in hindsight. And this year's is not going any better. Like, we're kind of in this weird vacuum where if you weren't in that sort of special group <laughs> with uh, Kyle Shanahan and McVay, uh, you got yeah, to up to do to be an elite coordinator. Help us out in the chat here if you can think of some names, but... I'm trying to think of a coordinator hire. You know, obviously the Baltimore, the Baltimore thing worked. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how sure. much we can attribute to Munkin and how much we're going to give Lamar and the rest of the skill players and maybe even Harbaugh. But like Flores was a good hire, but that was kind of a known where, hey, this oh, guy sure. is a good DC. He will be like the main concern is he doesn't have the players there yet. Um, again, re replacing some of the guys in San Francisco. Uh, jury's a little out on that where you know you had to replace another defensive coordinator and uh with Demeco Ryan's going to Houston and it, it's hard to tell with some of the injuries they suffered there i think consensus among 49er fans is they don't love uh the replacement what are you going to do you've had to replace a lot of guys that's what happens when you're a good team obviously you know ask Philly now what they're sitting probably with two coordinators they don't love <laughs> the, the the clips of Philadelphia sports radio were spectacular that was great social media philly's not gonna retain patricia right no yeah. no they're starting over for defense i think i don't know i haven't been paying attention uh, um, canales good call Vod vodzilla guy, I like. a great, guy great i'd love guy. to see get a coach job uh head coaching job. Yeah. for all for all the criticism we la launched at uh bobby Sloak for his uh you know for shooting himself in the dick against uh the colts like He's got. He showed. He showed a, an ability to self-evaluate and improve uh, in the wild card round, which was impressive. Um, I would look at. Um, uh, you know, I mean, I, I would definitely say that. Like, I, we're not going to know who like the good up and coming like quarterback coach or uh, offensive quality control guys are. Right, it's so like, hard. Like, like how do you pick out a Dave Canales? Like, you have to be really in the weeds. You have to be really in the weeds, and you have you have to have had a good conversation with the guy last off season, probably in the evaluation process. We were like, oh, this guy's got something going on, and then you see him or his group succeed at the, uh, you know, in the in the actual on the field of play to kind of va validate and back up your you know, your, your assumptions about a given guy, but yeah, I mean, I, I, the hiring process is crazy. It's weird. It's challenging. And, um, I don't know, there's not a ton of good candidates and, you know, picking from the college ranks has never really worked out well. Probably will be fine for, you know, for Harbaugh just because he's, he's done it. Uh, it's not coming into this blind, but, um, yeah, it's, it's so, definitely, I guess I wasn't, supremely confident that they'd bring him back despite of what Jerry said. But the, the, the one part that kind of was nagging at me thinking maybe they do make a move outside of working with Jerry, John, Jerry, Jerry Jones. It's a very good job as far as like, I mean, think about taking the job, oh, in, yes. taking the job in Carolina and what you're left with there compared to taking the job in Dallas where you have a, an established quarterback, you have good offensive line, you have some wide receivers that are working out. You have some good defensive sure. players. Maybe you retain Dan Quinn for another year. Like it's a pretty good job as far as they could have opened it up and probably gotten, you know, almost anyone they wanted. I think, like I said, Harbaugh seems to have his sights set on the, on the West coast there. If he does leave yeah. college and who knows, who knows with bill. 
Uh, if you are a team that loses a good offense coordinator like the Lions may with Ben Johnson, um, do you try to promote within or and, you know, or do you try to elevate a guy who's never done it before or do you try to go get like a enemy uh, or something like that? I guess, do you think enemy will get kicked? I don't think enemy would take any, I don't think he'd take another OC job. Why would he move again? And, unless unless he's forced to, you know, unless the, yeah. the new coaching staff is saying, I want to bring my own guys in. That's part of the deal when he goes and meets with the, you know, the new owners there. Um, yeah. I, it could be it could be a case where Bienemy again is not getting the run for head coaching jobs, and you know what? And you know what might have screwed him is Brissett getting hurt in Week 17. Sure, I yeah. had this conspiracy. He he, yeah, he, he that was my conspiracy like, hey, theory for the entire this. year was because it made no sense to start Jacoby Brissett. Right? Like, why would sure. you? He's a quarterback upgrade. I get, I get that you're always trying to win games. But if you're Rivera, you know, everyone knows your job is done. Like, why, you know, what are you trying to do except, you know, maybe be a dick on the way out? And that doesn't seem like his style. So I had a conspiracy theory. He was starting Brissett as like a doing a solid for Biennemi. Said, all sure. right, Biennemi, like you can put two good games of film on with a good quarterback here. Go get a job. And then it just didn't obviously work out <laughs> the injury. But yeah, he's not getting he's not getting any run either. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I the, there's so much left to play out. Uh, but like, I just got to tell you that none of like the hires or rumored hires or GM buzz or coordinator buzz, none of it's really moving the needle. <laughs> I gotta say, um, and maybe I'm just biased because of what we saw this year, like the entire, I mean, I guess if you weren't featured in Playmaker, Play Callers, or Play Callers, was that the uh, the Jordan Rodriguez series in yeah. the offseason? Yeah, if you weren't featured in Play Callers, I kind of didn't have a very good year, <laughs> unless yeah, unless you, you were you with a uh, an elite quarterback, were you featured in Play Callers? Then you know you kind of. I think that, I think this is cold. a fun. You kind of you're kind of a cold fish. Uh, we, we, fun we're, fun we're, project yeah. though. I think it's a fun project <laughs> to dig through some of the coaching staff lists. And do some reading up on some of these teams. Maybe some sure. of you guys who are fans of teams or at least live in that area, listen to that kind of sports radio from your town, know a little bit more. If you have any nuggets, I'd love to hear what you have to say. Put it in the Discord, in the YouTube comments, on Twitter, whatever. But, uh, you know, where where are some of these guys like a Dave Canales where it's like obviously he was a big part of the offensive game plan. Like those are the guys that get hired to be an OC somewhere else. Sure. I think that what he did with, you know, Geno Smith was a big part of it, but you know, those kind of guys are, are not, not in the room when the offensive game plan is made. It seems Correct. like they're the kind of people that have some input, but they're not calling the plays and then they get that next step. So be interesting that makes sense. Uh, one real quick uh, note. There has been a clear winner in the coaching merry-go-round. Somehow this Cincinnati Bengals staff is staying together. <laughs> No, I really, nobody really into Callahan. Nobody really into Big Lou. Like they're I mean, gonna because, run, they're gonna run it back again. Because it, it's like pick. play calling by committee, so he doesn't get the shine. But like, and I, I wrote this down too. I said, uh, eventually you have to spread the credit around. There's no, you know, maybe there have been quarterbacks. Maybe Mahomes is different. Maybe we've seen some crazy things with like you know Rogers or even Favre back in the day with that coaching staff. Jesus, but. It can't all be players. It's part players. It's part coaches. That ratio changes from team to team. But at some point, we have to give 
the offensive play callers, the offensive minds in Cincinnati, some sort of credit for not only what they've done with Burrow and, you know, the, the rest of the team for the last few years, but they got something out of Browning even. So I, yeah, I, I don't know if Lou lost his fastball as half saying, I think he's still a better than average defensive coordinator that makes good adjustments as we all like to harp on. But yeah, Callahan is somebody I thought might get a little better look and maybe he needs to pull the B enemy where he actually goes somewhere and he says, I'm the play caller. Oh yeah, the Titans. The Titans oh, have. Okay. I didn't. I, I don't no think he's like a serious candidate on. there, but yeah. that would be that would be a nice little fit. Yeah. Okay. Well, <clears throat> uh, before getting into the games, there is one other kind of <clears throat> macro uh, point that I'd like to ask your opinion on. We spent a lot of time, we being the media, <laughs> the the. What are you laughing about? You no see you see this Anthony Edwards dunk? Oh no, I haven't seen it. He, he like murdered <laughs> him. I think there's three guys in the lane, and he, all of them just made decisions. Oh, sick. Nope. Um, the uh, no, the uh, um, the media collective that eva- that kind of commented on Wild Super Super Wild Card Weekend. Um, I was a reflection on all six teams, particularly the you know all twelve teams, particularly the six teams that won. Which means that there was an awful lot of not com not a ton of commentary on the Niners and the Ravens, right? I think it's kind of known these are good teams. Uh, the Niners, yeah. the Niners, I I agree, they're elite. The Ravens' power rating right now is it's got it's up there with the elite. If they're you know almost ten point favorites against the you know the Texans, both teams obviously with extra rest, both teams you know kind of coming into full health, um, but both teams with. I think the two quarterbacks who have the most um, volatile sort of arc to play out over this cycle. Okay, bear bear with me. Stroud's oh, I just got a text from the wife. Oh, <laughs> you don't. I was like, you don't want to go down the road. Okay, no, no, uh, I'm no. shaking my head at no. her. Oh, please, she's okay. Sorry. So Stroud, he's proven it. He's playing with house mm-hmm. money. Jordan Love. Proven it beyond proven it, uh, playing with house money at this point. Um, Jared Goff, you want a playoff game in Detroit? The guy's never gonna buy a beer the rest of his life. Uh, Baker Mayfield, he's resurrected his career. Uh, like this is this, yeah, he's he, won this playoff is good. games with two different franchises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Pat Mahomes, he's got nothing to prove. Uh, Josh Allen, he's he's a top three, no doubter. And you know, he even if his season ends, like. He dragged, uh, you know, a, a broken and beaten team that was left for dead at six and six into the, you know, second round of the playoffs. Like there'll be some scrutiny on the Bills, but it's not, you know, there's, the, Josh Allen's reputation really isn't going to be harmed with a loss, right? Lamar Jackson has never succeeded in the playoffs. He's yeah, he's he's going to get. It's going to be written about heavily if they like bottle this game, <clears throat> yeah. especially since they're you know a big favorite. Yeah. That's uh, that's gonna follow you. Yeah, and Brock Brock Purdy is still fighting the anchoring of Mister Irrelevant. Yeah, there's still a lot of people who in the it if and when the Niners look lose, at the, look at the experience level of the N- NFC quarterbacks. Yes, and it's like oh, golf by like uh, 
like times five. <laughs> yeah. Know, as far as oh like, yeah, golf's your most experienced play. Yeah, absolutely. By a bunch. You know, yeah. everyone else is just yeah. this year's. I mean, Shit, he just went toe to toe with the other most experienced in Stafford. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah, this is this golf's been to a Super Bowl. Yeah, like uh, yeah, it, it yeah it, the um the uh the reality i think is that saturday's games are gonna if either of the one seeds lose it's going to turn into just a toxic indictment of those quarterbacks do you agree yeah does i, I do yeah. agree with charles john charles it was around a few, uh, around a touchdown for that titans ravens game i think it was eight yeah it was eight yeah, it was I, I was gonna say seven and a half uh maybe. i think it was like because i remember it being like a teaser like that it was a did big not number. I remember having a big old Ravens win the Super Bowl bet that I did not hedge, thinking that it wasn't going to be close, and it wasn't close, (laughs) but for the wrong reasons. The wife agrees with you. Uh, She says, I need a plant on my shelves. I don't have windows in here. Oh, you definitely need a plant on your shelves. I don't know how. It's got to be a succulent. Uh, It was Ravens minus 10. uh, 10? Yes. Oh, wow. Maybe maybe it opened shorter and got that up. And uh, yeah. Uh, you know, Lamar, this is Lamar. It came into that game after getting, you know, his clock cleaned by an Anthony Lynn coordinated defense in the San Diego Chargers the year before, if I remember correctly. Yeah. That was where they just threw a bunch of safeties and they were like, all right, make him throw it. Oh, oh. yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Um, and then, uh, the, um, uh, you know, the, the following season, you know, Lamar finally gets this W, uh, monkey off the back. Courtesy of uh, Mike Vrabel, again, game decision making being among the worst of any playoffs I can remember in a while. Uh, or it was McVay esque from last week. By the way, uh, I rewatched that. Well, maybe I'll save those thoughts until we get to the Lions game. Um, yeah. I will. I'll save them. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, you know, Lamar gets his W. Uh, and then the following week was Pickham at Buffalo. And, uh, yeah, got oh so close to scoring the game tying touchdown, went the other way, and it all went sideways. Uh, haven't seen him in the playoffs since. Um, I guess just do you think that the pressure that exists, or I guess does pressure exist now, or is it kind of like these guys kind of got lucky because they are one seeds and like nobody's really talking about them, nobody's really going coming at this angle because it's like, yo, you guys are elite, you're gonna win by a bunch of points. Like, like is, is it more gonna be um people double, you know, like coming hard if these teams lose, uh, as opposed to kind of putting pressure on them prior to these games? Does any of this matter, you think? I, I think that narrative just hasn't sparked up yet. I think once we get closer to the end of the week, because yeah, there was 12 other teams we were talking about and you know, now we have all the excitement of, you know, what Stroud did, what we saw from love. And, you know, now that we're actually getting to the part of the week where teams are, you're, you know, the media is starting to look ahead to this week instead of just, you know, giving everyone their flowers and being so excited for uh, all the winners. Um, it is time to start talking about that. I, I would expect that to ramp up over the next few days because okay. of his record in the playoffs. And, you know, I think a lot of it is going to be thrown at the feet of Roman if they do show up and just, you know, beat the pants out of off a team or two here. Even if they, you know, even if they just reach the title game, like that's a lot more than what we've seen, obviously. And, you know, if, if you get to the Super Bowl, I think you can, you can probably go into next year be like, all right, Lamar's got it figured out. This is a team. If they make the playoffs, we're not worried about that anymore. But yeah, if, even if they, you know, even if they win and it's a close, ugly game or something, and he doesn't look the greatest, like that's still going to linger into next week, obviously. 
So I don't know. I from for my money, I kind of want to just I don't want to bet that game. I just want to see because I just want to cheer for Lamar to have a really good game. And, yeah. and it's hard yeah. to like, you know, how, how do you back? I guess you can do some player props and stuff because it's just hard to lay that many points. Even with the rest. Number, yeah. No doubt. I don't think it's warranted either. Personally, I don't think it's still, a fair number. Have, you think it is? Still have it close. Um, uh, okay. So uh, the pressure on Lamar is absolutely something worth watching. Uh, and the pressure on Purdy, I think, is worth watching too. Although, uh, you know, he isn't like the Purdy, um, the Purdy stinkers this year all have a common theme. It wasn't big games, it was he got hit in the head. Right. Yeah. Like he, um, like Minnesota game. Yeah. Purdy, Purdy playing with clear eyes, clear mind is, uh, Matt, you know, peak Matt Ryan kind of efficiency. Right. Yeah. Purdy, after one shot to the noggin, is Zach Wilson out there. Right. He's, yeah. He's the guy who just can't <clears throat> handle his booze. It's like, the guy, it's like one beer and that guy is awful, you know, Except I, I hate to compare drinking. To That's not crazy. Well, but, you know, uh, you know what I'm saying? Do you all know that uh, one guy who just can't like, oh, don't, yeah, do don't. Oh, no, like, not has, shots. No, has, no, 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 no. Yeah. Not give shots. him the three, two beer. Yes, he, he, he a club soda for him. Uh, no, just tell that, him it's the vodka soda. Yeah, I believe it was the Vikings game where he threw some late interceptions. Yes, that was, and that was the one where that, he got that concussed. was one where it's like, oh, and that then was where he got concussion protocol. Yeah, yeah, it was Tuesday, it was the concussion yeah. protocol, and then he stunk against the uh, uh, the Bengals the next week, uh, mm-hmm. and then the game against the Vikings. I mean, I know that they're. They, he didn't go into the blue ten or whatever. He got a, a stinger, um, but he got hit yeah. pretty pretty good. He got uh, cracked pretty good early in that game, and I think it was uh, you know was, I think there is stingers signal. are concussion adjacent a lot. Where sure. it's like, oh hey, his eyes aren't glossy enough. We'll call a stinger. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, no, I think uh, I I you know I I I'm. I don't know that it's a mental baggage with Purdy at all. He's young. He's playing. He is playing with house money still. Uh, he has Shanahan has his back to the 99th degree, right? Like Shanahan loves that guy uh, yeah. and will go to war with him forever, regardless of how he performs in the playoffs, I think. Um, and he maybe just as, you know, like I, there is scope, I think, and we shouldn't. You know, in we didn't cover this much in the wake of the uh, you know the four pick performance on Christmas, four pick which could have been six honestly. Uh, we didn't bring it. We didn't talk about it in the wake of that. But like, people act like we haven't lived through Kurt Warner and Tom Brady ex- expected to do nothing coming into the league and turning into Hall of Famers, right? Like there is clear scope for Purdy to just grow into being a great quarterback and you shouldn't be surprised by it. Like, am I, I am I making sense? And that's the thing too. There's, it's hard to find a lot of, like those are massive examples. They're great, but we often just stop the comparison at quarterback. Like think about some of these undrafted free agents that have gone on to have like, Hall of Fame, or at least, you know, multiple Pro Bowls, sure. multiple All Pros. Like, there's sure. guys that come into the league and, you know, that it, it happens. It's not like, oh, this happened once and it's never happened again. John, I, I'm only going to think of Vikings because it's just easier for me. But like John Randall was uh, UDFA, he's a Hall of Famer. And this happened, I'm trying to think of the, the tight end 
that was drafted or not drafted or drafted lowly. God, it's gonna it's gonna escape me down. But I mean, guys can come from small programs. Guys can come from later rounds. Guys can come from UDFA's and you know, really maybe just grow into it a little bit. Maybe they didn't have the right coach, the right coaching, the right nutrition, the right you know weightlifting plan, and it just it just takes a little spark to get them there. Like this, yeah, this isn't something that was you know, fleeting and it's like, oh, we're never going to see a Brady again. We might see a Brady, you know, every 25 years. We're just like, oh, this guy was, this guy was a, a really low draft pick and yeah, he's might, actually going to turn out to be a really good quarterback. Yeah, we might be in effectively the year one of it now. <laughs> like, this is not crazy. Uh, you know, I mean, the, honestly, this system is better than Brady went into and uh, with Charlie Weiss and this, the weapons on this team are better than Brady had to work with. Uh, the defense is probably not as good as those Pats defenses were that carried them to oh, their God. first Super Bowls. And like there's no yeah. favors in the defense yeah. backfield at some point. Yeah. But like ultimately, you look back on that era, was Belichick like that much better than the rest of the coaches? Yes. <laughs> yes, he was. Like clearly. Like could Shanahan be that much better than the rest of the coaches right now? Sure. Like certainly from a scheme standpoint, maybe not an in game decision making standpoint. And ultimately, that might Did hold you see that, that tweet? Um, no. Someone dropped it in the Discord. There was a picture of like Shanahan and and Barry. Oh, I did. Yeah, I and it says the, the world's greatest swordsman. The world's greatest swordsman does not fear the second greatest swordsman. He fears the worst because he doesn't know what the hell that guy's gonna do. This is Joe Barry. Yeah. Oh, that's very <laughs> much a part of that handicap. Believe me. Um, yes. Yes. Uh, anyway, Purdy, Purdy could use that playoff bonus money. He lives in San Francisco, where it's like forty eight hundred dollars a month to split an apartment with someone, and he's yeah. uh, he's not getting that first. Do his money. parents back home on the farm need the money for the to save the farm? I don't think do they. Honestly, it looked like they had a pretty big farm. Yeah, okay. Um, okay. I think they're well off. That that looked like a pretty new combine. Okay. Go look up what it, anybody it who doesn't new combine. Okay, good. anyone who doesn't farm or look into that know much about that. Go go look what a combine costs because it's a it's a scene. <laughs> That's why small farms aren't making it. Uh, kind of just getting bought up, but um, yeah, Purdy's brother probably makes more in NIL money. I don't sure. know if he's getting big NIL money, but he's uh, he exists. Is he gonna get the starting job in Nebraska at some point, or is somebody is he still at Nebraska? I just, I don't this know, is the time of year where everyone switched teams. Uh, the college football offseason has turned into the NBA offseason for me. So <laughs> it's very um, um, okay, games? well. Let, yeah, let's let's let's, start, let's pop into uh, uh, Houston Balto. Um, do you want to you, you you start you set this one up and and make the case for why nine and a half is a reasonable fare? You know the the rest is is important. The rest okay. and the health, and obviously we gotta you know we gotta look at some of these injuries for Baltimore. That's the most annoying thing about the two teams, the buys that we, you know, we talked about, hey, no one's talking about the, the Niners and Ravens. Also, no one's giving us injury reports in the week off. Like, you're yeah. not getting any information on basically all we got last week was, hey, Mark Andrews is practicing, which is obviously massive. He was a full go to gate today. That matters a, a lot. I mean, he's, he's their best receiver. I don't care yeah. how much better OBJ has played. I don't care about the, the younger guys. Like he is their best receiver. He's been missing for quite a while here. So between the rest, getting him back and the Houston injuries, I'm still at like 10 points here. And I, you know, I'm, I'm fine with that. And a lot of it is I've upgraded Houston. I've left Baltimore pretty much where they're at with a little bit of a, you can't give, 
a huge bump for a lot of tight ends, but Mark Andrews being back in this offense definitely changes how I feel about this offensive efficiency. So they get a little bump, and I'm kind of right on this number. This total's been bet down, um, and part of that is basically all the games that aren't in Detroit, the weather might be a factor here. Uh, it's looking yep. like a really <clears throat> shitty rainy night in San Francisco. It's looking very windy and gross in Baltimore, and then, I mean, Buffalo's Buffalo, man. Yeah, yeah, the weather's a factor. I, I guess I agree with you, the injury report, and we do have, I guess, more meaningful injury reports than we normally have on a Wednesday when we do this show the, mm-hmm. with the Saturday games. Um, and, uh, yeah, the uh, the Ravens injury report generally looks good. Marlon Humphrey, DNP, is worth keeping an eye on because Nico Collins is good enough to really hurt that defense if you don't have a good CB1. Um, <clears throat> Jadavian Clowney, DNP for illness, is worth keeping an eye on because they are going to need a pass rush to be effective in this one. Um, but basically everybody else is trending cr- like the way you want them to. Zay Flowers is on record. He's going to play. Mark Andrews, I think, is going to go. Um, and yeah, so you should have a full strength offense. Um, the Houston Texans defense is the opposite. Um, everybody's hurt and they're trending the wrong way. (laughs) Uh, I haven't like dug into what this is like based on a walkthrough and not like actually instructive, but Will Anderson downgraded from limited to DNP. Um, Rankins, DNP, Grenard, Grenard downgraded from limited to DNP. Um, Lee Collins is limited, so he probably goes. Um, Jerry Hughes is a DNP. I'd be blown away if he goes. Yeah, he uh, so you're all of a sudden that. your D line looks. I mean, and we said this last week too. Like that was the deal against the Browns as well. Like all these guys were missing practice. It was the deal against the Colts. Like they're not healthy. Like I don't know if they're playing games, and most of these guys end up going. They're just not at full strength or what, but. Um, yeah, the injury report for the Texans looks bad again. Uh, Texans O line generally at full uh, full strength. Uh, that's good. Um, yeah. Texans like, wide receiver room getting healthier. That's good. All these all these left tackles are just constantly on the injury report. They're banged up. They're left tackles. That's how it works. It's like Ar- or, uh, uh, Armstead, yeah, Teron Armstead or yep um williams we, we see Tunsil. these guys yep. like, yeah, Tuns- Tunsil's gonna be in the report but he's probably going to play okay like you said say Zay flowers has come out and said that he's good he's playing humphrey okay. missing practice today is problematic i put him in probably under 50 percent to play and by probably like 30 percent like it's a it's a calf injury if he can't push off if he can't you know change corner or change corners, change directions on that leg because his calf is injured. He'd probably be more of a liability out there anyway. So that sucks. Although he did not play in this, these, uh, when these teams went at it last time, he was, yeah. he's missed like eight games this year. There was noted no, by, no Brown uh, on the IR. Um, no Robert, on Woods, the IR Robert yeah. Woods probably goes. Yeah. I think Woods goes. Mechie's, you know, is obviously going to play, but I don't know how impactful he's going to be. Dalton Schultz is going to play. He matters, surely. But Nico Collins is really kind of the key for that offense right now, and he's good to go. So, uh, okay. So, Perriman practice, correct? He left with a rib injury, but that was one of those where they, they said after the game it didn't look too bad. Yeah, I believe he's okay. Uh, the other guy was DN- or was limited, but I think he'll go too. It was um, not Perriman, uh, Blake Cashman. Um, worth keeping. I mean, basically everybody on the defense except for Eden Prairie is hurt. Is hurt. Um, yeah. So, um, 
I got to I'm looking at a couple of key matchups here that I'd like your opinion on. Um, the Texans offensive line, I think, is is solid. They're at yeah. full strength. They've done a great job of protecting. Um, uh, I want to give DJ Stroud, Stroud more credit than them, like because <clears throat> they weren't expected to be great. Sure. And I think the metrics are. I think he's making them look better than they actually are. But, okay. But who cares? Like, yeah. The, who yeah. cares? Who's who? Like, yeah. Sprouting, they just passed the toughest. They yeah. just want. Yeah. They just went up against well, the the D line monsters from and, Cleveland, and they they held. I their really, own. I, I want to give slowing. You know, as long as sure. we're. I'm sorry if if any of the five offensive linemen for the Texans are listening. I'm sorry. Like you guys <laughs> have been okay, but I do want to give Slowick credit. I went back and watched parts of that too, and it's just like they they put together a game plan that purposely, you know, kind of just. Put put Garrett, you know, in a blender a lot. Yeah. Like put the guys where they couldn't just speed rush. They couldn't power rush to the to the quarterback. They were making them change directions a lot. <laughs> there was there was. A, a, I mean, obviously you can use that against everybody, and it's very effective. But you really need that to work when you have yeah. Miles Garrett on the field. So uh, if they yeah. if they can do similar stuff, yeah, that offensive line is going to hold up well again. Yeah, and I think uh, the key, your CJ Stroud is maybe the point you really wanted to make, and I agree, which is that he's incredible at eluding pressure. He's incredible at stepping up in the pocket that's collapsing and still delivering pinpoint passes downfield. Uh, CJ Stroud is incredible at completing passes to the most difficult part of the field to complete passes in, which is along the sidelines, 11 to 25 yards down the field. Uh, and if you are consistently doing that, your ability to, to sustain drives is unlocked. Because third and long doesn't affect you the way it affects everyone else, right? And so you're, yeah. you know, you're just going to have more successful drives. You're going to have more opportunities for points. Uh, and I think ultimately the um, kind of the secret sauce of the uh, Ravens defense this year has been the versatility of the linebackers, particularly Roquan Smith. It's been the ability of combo Mike, of that and Hamilton, I think. Yeah, co- co- well, Hamilton, Hamilton, yeah, Hamilton, Hamilton between, between the Hamilton coverage, coverage, coverage and the crashing down to sure. play in the box from all the linebackers and sure. Hamilton. Absolutely agreed. And then combine that with uh, McDonald's, uh, you know, his simulated pressures and just in general confusing the quarterback pre-snap. Like, I I think the strengths of the um, Ravens defense are a little bit neutralized in terms of where... They, uh, where the Texans are good at attacking. Um, I would expect the Texans run game is not going to be especially successful in this one, but I also don't think CJ Stroud's going to get sacked much. Uh, I think, uh, I, I think there is, it's going to come down to the Baltimore coverage. Like, it's going to come down to, I, I don't know that they're going to be able to harass him enough to put him on his back a bunch, to hit him a bunch. You know, they might get some licks after the ball's gone, but yeah, it's going to come down to the coverage, to the coverage scheme. It's going to come to how McDonald's is able to put that together. And yeah, I, I guess you know. Obviously, we'll see what Sloy can do here a second week. I don't know if he, you know, kept a little powder dry for this one. Seemed like he, like I said, some of the plays that were running, that wasn't stuff we saw. I mean, some of that stuff wasn't stuff we saw during the year. And that's good for you if you have some extra stuff you can save or put together for a playoff game and make Miles Garrett and a very good defense look bad. But yeah. to do it again for a second straight week. For you know, a second straight game on the road, resting, on the road with wind at your home in in a tough you know tough conditions, a team that you lost to, and granted, Stroud yeah. is a different quarterback than he was then. But do you, uh, do you remember what the ingredients were for why Stroud was such a hot fade against the Jets? I mean, that defense was playing really really well. 
and they, and, and wasn't and, where like all the wide receivers were hurt combined with the bad weather combined with being on the road. What, there was I, like there were like ten things that all mattered. Yeah, the, that all the, kind of came together. Wide like, receivers submitted, yeah, in and out all year. That was probably a big part of it. That defense was playing good all year. I don't think we really believed in like his sack avoidance and his pressure avoidance being super sustainable yet. He got hurt in that game too. There was a few games earlier where it's like, well, this, this looks good, but can he, you know, can he do it on a cold night in Baltimore? Yeah. He got sacked four times in that game. His top targets were, uh, I feel like I feel like there was a stretch of games before it where they hadn't played a, a decent defense. Yeah, that's Maybe probably true. It was a huge step up. Yeah, they uh he you know he had Collins only targeted him once. Maybe Collins got hurt in that game. Noah Brown targeted him five times, no catches. John Mechie got targeted five times, one catch. Robert Woods, three targets, one catch. So he he was wasn't able to hit connect with the wide receivers well, at all in that sauce. game. Um, yeah, so, you know, I do, I do want to point something out to somebody brought this. Uh, I have to scroll back. Um, someone was asking about Tunsil false starting a bunch. This is something weird. I've noticed this year, and I, I don't know if I've spoke about it yet, but it's crazy how there's been this shift to, we're going to call offensive offsides a bunch, you know, to a yeah. huge number compared to previous years. Yeah. But there, this is happening all over the league where, they're letting tackles kind of move a little early. Sometimes even guards where, you know, the whole one whole side of the line is moving a half tick early and they're not calling a lot of that. Like, you know, clearly if a guy jumps well before the snap count, they're going to sure. have to call that. But these guys that are getting these like half beat jumps, it, it's not just Tunsil. It's all over. I don't know if they sure. de-emphasize that or what. It's, yeah. it's something to watch for because he does get away with it. Yeah, I know. It's like it feels like they shifted the rule. Like, you know how they're not going to call delay of game when the clock hits zero? Yeah. You they're going to be like zero end of beat. Zero now, Mississippi. Just, yeah, zero Mississippi. Now, it's it's kind of that sort of feeling where it's like, that eh, it was close. We'll let it, let it uh, all out. Yeah, he all it. out. He all it out. out. It's just all good timing. Out. Yeah. Um, but honestly, like, Considering how bad quarterback play was this year and how good pass rushers were, I'm fine with the league kind of shifting in that direction. Anyway, okay, so I guess there's definitely scope for Houston to kind of be underwhelming here, sure, certainly. Um, and I think, uh, you know, with the injuries to the Houston defense, there's scope for, um, you know, for Baltimore to do whatever they want. I do think, though, that, uh, you know, the, the Houston defense, even with injuries, has improved gradually over the tail end of this season i think um and you know that there was there was defense was optional in the first half of that browns game but the adjustments they made into the second half were very good Derek stingley is definitely a guy that can take away wide receiver one if it's or you know or, or half the field if it's uh obj and zay flowers uh, operating on one half the field um mark andrews being reintegrated might have a couple of hiccups because the best of the ravens offense came without him this year which is kind of weird um and uh you know certainly the rushing attack is is, is very yeah. very good anchored by a really really good offensive line right and now for the ravens so like there's the, not yeah despite the scoreboard Injoku still looks pretty good like sure, sure andrews andrews will get his matchups sure sure so uh, I bet on the Texans. I don't feel great about it. My fair is seven and a half. I played nine and a half. I get it. The you know I, we've we kind of made the other side of the case, which is yes, the Ravens are clearly better. They probably it's just so will many win. points. That's the whole win. handicap. It's, so it's many just points. too many points. Yeah, and I, I think there's just a reluctance <clears throat> in the market makers 
to give Houston a big enough adjustment off of one game where that maybe they said like some of the things I said, like, Hey, did Slowick leave any powder dry? Does he have this in his bag a second straight week on the road against a better team against a better coach team? No disrespect yeah. to, you know, what we have in Cleveland, but you know, Harbaugh is Harbaugh and that gang have kind of earned it this year. So yeah, it, it, that's the handicap. It's too many points. And yeah. I, I do like this under as well even without the weather. Um, Do you have, did you have the same sense that I had that uh, Baltimore's defense started showing some cracks down the stretch? Like particularly like the Rams game. Some of that too was just Humphrey was never in. And yet you had Hamilton who was banged up a little. I think that mattered and teams that were able to protect the quarterback and not, you know, not succumb to any of the pressure, or like you said, the implied pressures that make them change things up and, you know, put themselves into bad matchups with their receivers it's it's a team that you know it's a team that can move on a Baltimore defense, so I I don't expect the more I look at it like the fact that it's a Saturday game, there's only one more practice really tomorrow Thursday you're not gonna have a Friday practice if anything it's just meetings walk through, so if Humphrey doesn't practice tomorrow, it's like three weeks with no practice like sure. you drop him you drop him to like ten percent. That sounds that right. Place. Yeah, you got to guess that uh, it's Ronald if I, Darby again. If I if I take out the million turnovers that the Ravens' defense got against San Francisco, uh, you want to guess what uh, their defense ranks EPA per play from Week Ten on? For the Ravens? See, I hate pulling out turnovers because in games like that, those turnovers aren't luck or variance. Those turnovers are a product of the scoreboard and how that other team has to play. In this Niners game, that's what I'm. In the Niners game, were they were they beating them? Yeah, but they were they, the, the turnovers they actually got. Like there were turnover worthy plays they didn't get when the Niners were pressing. Well, that's what I'm but, saying. Uh, the, the yeah, fact like that they the, had to like play that kind of game. the ball up in the air and the other guy catching it and the the you know the the, no, the, the hitting uh, some, him when the guy is going for the catch. I don't know for I, sure. I mean that that batted ball was pretty pretty probably taking two extra beats where he shouldn't just, have. Like just play, granted, just play, it's, it's just a little play bit of luck. I know. Just I'm play just, along. Just EPA per play from week ten on for the Ravens defense without turnovers was what? Rank? Yeah. Eighteenth. Yeah, very close. Nineteenth. Uh just behind San Francisco. Yeah, just behind San Francisco and the Chargers. Uh that little cluster Are you down. Washing there out is, any is garbage no time or not? Not, no, no, no yeah. to garbage time wash. And there wasn't a ton of garbage time for the Raiders Ravens in that stretch, I guess, except for the Dolphins game. Um, but I don't know. I think there's a, ch- let me take, let me, let me, I don't know. Me, I, put, I would argue that turnovers the back had in. a bunch of garbage time. Let me put turnovers back in within the game where it was like, Oh, we're up by three scores or oh, we're not anymore. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's fair. But if you put turnovers actually, in, they move up to horrible garbage yeah. time team. You move up to, you put turnovers back in, they move up to 10th. Okay. That's, that's fair. I think they're yeah. at their peak. They're a top 12 offense or defense. Yeah. 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 Okay. So yeah, I, it's just, it, it, you know, just eye test and, and in particular kind of looking at the, uh, the way some of those games went and how they performed relative to market defensively against some key teams, uh, you know, most notably really the Browns game where they blew the lead, uh, and the Rams game where the Rams realistically could have beat them. Um, you know, those two games felt like, uh, there was a scope there for the Ravens to get, uh, to get popped. And I don't know if it, uh, it's been, it's, I guess, final thoughts on this game and we can move on. <clears throat> we have not seen the Ravens lay an egg in freaking forever. 
They have not played a poor game going back to the loss to the Browns 33-31 week 10 where they were playing a beaten up Deshaun Watson and they had a healthy lead and they could not close the door. Uh, And even that wasn't that bad of a game because their offense scored 31 points against the Browns. Uh, They really haven't had a stinker going back to like week five where they lost to the Steelers in the game where they had a bunch of weird fumbles and Lamar threw the pick in the end zone and blah, 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 blah. Um, So it's, it's been a long time since we've seen the Ravens not look great. And I think because of that, there is a tendency to, you, hey, they played great again. No, it's hard, it's hard for me to downgrade. They played great. They played great again. They played great again. Right? Like, I think we're at the point now where they've been elevated to the point where they're overrated. And I'm only at seven and a half here, not not nine and a half. And I think that's not a huge edge, but uh, I think you can only really look. And I, and I, I think that's point. why I'm not betting them as well, Drew, because it, you can't downgrade a team because because you're waiting for a stinker to happen, like oh they're due, they've played. Oh too no much. question, it's, it's silly, it's silly. So you have to ask yourself, why am I upgrading them again? Like how many times in yeah. a row have I upgraded them? But, you know, but like, yeah. the other the other side of that coin is, I'm likely at the top of the market for Baltimore. Like even if they have another really good game, I'm not upgrading them again. This is this Look, is about as high as I don't I'm know who this guy is. He's ch- he's just chirping and chirping and chirping away. Do do whatever you want in the comments, man. You obviously love the Ravens. You love the Ravens in this game. That's fine. My point isn't that they are due for a bad game. My point is that so many good games in a row are literally so many good games in a row. You literally end up elevating a rating to the point where it's not really a fair rating anymore. Well, that's that's what I'm trying to say. Like I'm, I'm at the peak of their market. I I don't think I want to bet any team when I have them at the peak of their market. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. No, that, that, I completely agree. Where, I completely where, agree. I have a 10. I'm not agree. betting it. Yeah. Okay. 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 All right. Green Bay. All right. All right. Very this good. is a playoff game. I feel like we've seen it is definitely a bunch yeah. of times. Yeah. It, the last time they played it was a playoff game. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Green Bay lost at home as the one seed uh, in an uh, absolute. Uh, uh, in an absolute uh, head scratcher of how did this happen? Um, Green Bay was six or seven point favorites in that one. Aaron Rodgers was your MVP. They had a fully healthy team. It was a cold, snowy-ish night in Green Bay, and San Francisco went in there and they uh, they they took care of business with a blocked punt uh, at the end of that contest. Um, that was that was kind of at the stretch. If anyone remembers that stretch of Green Bay has a good offense, Green Bay kind of has a good defense. Green Bay's special team is a liability of Jackson Mahomes proportions. Like that was, that was a really rough stretch for them when they were like, I, I don't know what their special teams EPA play given up was, but it was rough. Very good. And then they, I'm pretty sure the next day they fired like the special teams coordinator, right? I think they did. Yeah. 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 I'm sure they did. Um, Kev, uh, I'm, I'm waiting to get Kev's opinion on this game. See who he likes. Okay. Um, who's Kev? Oh, he likes Packers. He likes the Packers. Um, all right. The uh, the other kind of meaningful playoff game between these two teams was again a Rodgers NFC Championship game, twenty twenty. Uh, this was um, one of the most lopsided beatdowns I can remember. Um, it was like a seven too. I mean, it was it was not a huge yeah score. six seven. It wasn't a big number, but uh, the Niners, I believe, it won and covered going away in that one with thirty eight yep. points scored. If from memory, there was something like 
42 rush attempts for 280 yards and four touchdowns. Like Raheem Mostert, I think, scored. It, it, it would have been Mostert. Yeah. yeah, it was It was just an absolute run it down their throats. These guys can't defend the run. We're just going to absolutely push them off line of scrimmage and win this way. Um, and uh, it was impressive. Uh, so now two, you know, the, this is a double, yeah, a double revenge hyperbole, Nick, but yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy think didn't have did to do a ton six times. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, now I want to look it up what the number was. Um, but yeah, so now this is uh, where I'm going with this. This is a, a double revenge game, Andy. No, I think, uh, the, like the, like the, let put this in a neutral weather environment. Cause we don't really know what the weather is going to be like. Um, and, uh, you know, this is probably like an absolute shootout, right? Like a Joe Barry defense up against the Kyle Shanahan offense is not a fair fight. It's not, no. um, Jay Alexander, uh, downgraded from limited to DNP this week, Tuesday, it turned out was, a, and I know this Tuesday was a estimation. Wednesday was a walkthrough. He was limited, estimated on Tuesday, DNP'd on Wednesday. That does not suggest that J.R. Alexander will play. Um, it suggests he lied to coaches on Tuesday. Like, yeah, or, or the coaches were just like, who the fuck knows? Maybe. And on Wednesday, he was like, oh, yeah, no, we can't even make oh, a walkthrough. Yeah, um, yeah not good. <laughs> not not good. Um, it sounds like uh, everybody else that kind of matters is probably going to play. Uh, Kingsley Enigbare. Uh, Unexpected to go. I would expect that Kenny Clark, oh, that Rashawn Gary, and uh, Preston Smith will all go. Um, I expect that Darnell Savage will play. Uh, the, the, those guys all matter a lot, lot, lot. And I think they're going to go. I hope they're going to go. Quay Walker. The, and I haven't yeah. got confirmation, but the Enigbare was likely a ACL tear. Yeah, I don't uh, think he's... McDuffie, McDuffie yeah. had a stinger. Those are the kind of things that can linger a little, but... Um, I don't know. We'll see. Tough to say. Aaron Jones, I expect to play. Ed Jenkins, I expect to go. AJ um, Dillon can sit if he wants. That's fine. Interestingly, Christian Watson may, may be a, a surprise available, which would uh, be interesting. Um, I think the um, Niners are very healthy, effectively. Uh, they had a bunch of questions swirling about uh, their secondary, particularly the fact that both safeties were question marks. Their ba- both backup safeties were question mark. They have four safeties on the injury report. <laughs> Brown, Gibson, both both uh, full participants, they were going to play. Uh, and then their backups, Odom and Ryan, uh, full and limited, are probably going to be fine. Uh, Ambry Thomas matters a ton, too. Cornerback, he's going to probably go. Uh, Arik Armstead, uh, defensive tackle. We're going to see him make a, a grand return. Uh, and then the on the offensive side, Kittle looks fine. McCaffrey's a full go. Trent Williams is going to be fine. I actually don't think there's really anyone likely to miss besides Cleveland Farrell, and he matters a weenie bit. Yeah, not a ton. I was yeah, I was keeping an eye on Gibson. Gibson, just because of the secondary, can't afford to be any more injured. Obviously, Armstead matters. And then, like you said, Ambry Thomas, CMC is fine. Perfect timing for an injury for him. He got to rest it several weeks with the semi-meaningless, or actually meaningless game for the Niners, semi-meaningless for the Rams. He got to rest that. He had to rest last week. That calf is fine, I guess. So uh, Jimmy threw it eight times for six completions. I feel like Nick went and looked this up, so I'm gonna I'm gonna trust him on this. That's I've, pretty that's funny. That's not very much. <laughs> yeah, that's and honestly, that was two weeks in a row because they uh, they put him in a bottle against the Vikings the previous week, right? Yeah. 
They uh, they put him on ice two weeks in a row, from what I remember. Or maybe he wasn't very good the week before. I don't really remember that the, how that sequence went. He the prior week, Jimmy Garoppolo was eleven of nineteen for one hundred and thirty one yards, one touchdown, one pick. Uh, the next week he was six of eight for seventy seven yards, no touchdowns. We got, no wait, and we have, we have a prop. Runs. We have a prop. If somebody wants to bet. Someone called Sports Dogma. Sure. Says he has a strong projection for Love under 249 total passing yards. It's a trippy so one. It's a tricky big, one. Big, it's a tricky big, one. Uh, Aaron Jones game, maybe. Uh, it's a, that's a, there's a specific game state that gets you there that I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know uh, how likely that is, but uh, I, I also don't do player props, so I'm not going to disagree. Um, here, here's uh, so here's kind of my major handicap for this game. Niners are going to get their points here. The entire question for covering and or threatening to win for the Packers is can they answer? And honestly, the tape that uh, the Ravens put together have how their offense attacked the Niners defense on Christmas, the tape uh, of how the Cardinals did it. Like there's a there is a clear and obvious like breadcrumbs for Matt LaFleur to pick up and kind of coach his young team. Uh, to be competitive in this one. Um, ultimately, with a young team like this, the Packers, I will note, have been playing their very, very, very best football at the end of the year. And their two best games this season came in very, very similar game states where they generated a huge lead, their defense contributed some points, and then they kept their foot on the gas and pulled away and then ultimately win. I'm, of course, referring to the Thanksgiving win in Detroit and the win last week in Dallas. Um, if a different game state materializes where this is, okay, you guys are down a bunch and now you got to drive and you got to score um, and it's wet conditions and the Niners defense is fully rested and healthy and the pass rushes, you know, is, is obviously likely to be thwarted early, but maybe ultimately in a must pass, it's, it's tough to keep those guys at bay forever. Um, I think there's, there's definitely game states where the Niners, you know, win comfortably, but game states where the, uh, the Packers keep up. Is that kind of your, your thought process on how this could break? Yeah. Although just watching what we saw from the floor and, you know, obviously love and the game plan, the fact that they kept their foot on the gas pedal. I don't know if that was super, like I said, I love, you know, it's better than 99% chance to win is a hundred obviously, but uh, again, saving something for another good team here. If we get any sort of offensive output like that, this 50 and a half is bad, a bad number. I mean, like you said, the Niners just are going to get theirs. It's just uh, the percentage of games where this Niners team doesn't get to at least like 28. I don't know. It's, it seems pretty low based on you know the, the matchup between Shanahan having this much time and the Joe Barry defense that we've seen for the past you know couple of years especially down the stretch outside of the Bears game and, you know, Dak throwing it to the wrong color jerseys a couple times. And then, I mean, even then, you know, it, it's hard to rate how the garbage time stuff was because Dallas was in garbage time awful early, got early late. or got late early that one. So I think the weather is the only thing holding this total down mm-hmm. because it, it's looking like it's going to be rainy. And again, sometimes rain isn't enough sure. to really af- affect the, off- you know, there are times where, Rain without wind is actually good for the offense as long as it's not torrential and they're still able to, you know, we're not seeing a lot of drops because of wet balls or slipping mm-hmm. turnovers. I guess it depends where the turnovers are, but I mean, there's a case to be made for wet conditions hurt the defensive pass rush 
wet conditions make secondary members fall down. And like, I, I really kind of want to fade this rain and play this over because I'm a believer in Green Bay. I just worry that, uh, you know, this number is probably about right too, as far as just, I don't know how they're stopping the Niners. If they put a really good game plan together, like they have a bunch of times this year, and Shanahan's had a lot of time. I don't know how much time he actually spent in that Rams game. You know, you don't know who you're playing yet. You, you're doing a lot of prep for, other, you know, this team and that, and but you can still put your start, put your game plan together. You can get your script out there. You know, mm-hmm. defense is still a defense. So I'm uh, I'm leaning to this over even with the weather. Yeah, Packers defense for what it's worth in that same time sample, removing turnovers, 25th <laughs> in EPA per play. Uh, they managed to beat uh, the Bengals, the Giants, the, the Commanders, the, uh, the Cardinals, and then the real dregs, the Eagles and the Seahawks. Um, <clears throat> I would say the... Um, uh, you know the the for the for the uh, um, Packers to cover, they need to go score for score for a lot of this game. Shot for shot, baby. Shot for and shot. Here, here's another quick point too: is uh, yeah. Bruce Lee points out that mm-hmm. Jay Love is good against the blitz. I wasn't. I was kind of going in that direction too. But if they are not getting a pass rush and they have to bring extra guys, that's just disaster for a secondary sure. that's banged up and not good to begin with and huffungalus. Sure. Which is a word now. So, yes, I, that's I'm, I'm probably going to play this over. Okay. Uh, for the Packers to win, I think they need to turn over to Purdy twice, at least. Yeah. Yeah. You need some short fields. You, you need, need to you win need a positive need game state. Well, yeah. I mean, both of these big dogs like this, the big dogs need to win the turnover battle. That's yeah. almost a prereq to getting yeah. staying in these games like this. Yeah. I think uh, to going back to the dogmas, uh, love under um the two game states that support love, love under are the niners just outright dominating at which point i'd almost rather just lay, up, back, yeah. lay an alt spread on the niners uh or a game state where the niners um or where, where the the packers are winning <laughs> right yeah. like the packers only managed 275 through the air and that came with some big explosive plays and keeping their foot on the gas late um you know it still is it's uh, it's not it's 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 a big number for uh, for those guys in this condition. So yeah, for for the <clears throat> narratives and the fun of it, I will be cheering for the Packers to pull the upset. Okay. Because and someone pointed this out in the Discord, and I, I ran with it a little further. Nothing would be a bigger tummy ache for a Lions fan than facing the Packers in the NFC title game. Mm. Like this this monkey, has you're feeling, you're on cloud nine for the Lions. You've won this game. You won the division finally. You broke all these long-standing traditions of shithousery. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the, you know, the penultimate step in winning the big one. And you're up against the divisional foe. Like, oh, we just figured this out. We're finally good. And there's another team in our division that's just as good again. Like they okay. found another quarterback. It's going to be more annoying to play and lose to the Packers in that spot, knowing yeah. that like, like our, our rain, our rain was like yes. two weeks as yeah. the NFC North. Team. Does the outcome of this game influence the market opener for Niners 
hosting the NFC Championship either way. If this is a close game or if it's a blowout, do you think the Niners get downgraded or upgraded, or do we pretty much know? Was that part of the equation pretty well anchored now? I think it's anchored, especially for me. I'm I'm in the same spot with the the Niners as I am with the, the you know the Ravens. Ravens. Sure. I don't sure. I don't think I can raise them that much more if they win sixty nine nothing. You know, I, I guess there's something to be said for. I have a, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, my 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 neutral for the Ravens was for the Niners was always higher because they have a more talented roster, yeah. top to bottom. Um, and uh, I haven't upgraded them as much as I. What's your difference between Niners and Baltimore? Uh, about three points on a neutral. See, and that I think that's where we're differing. That I guess I do have Baltimore higher than most. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, uh, let's, uh, uh, I, I, I played some Packers at the price. Um, I played a little bit of Packers money line, um, because again, I, I still think 60, 69 points is nine touchdowns, two field goals. How did 69 points come up? I said if they win 69 nothing. Oh yeah. Like then we have <laughs> okay. Okay. I guess sorry. I didn't I missed that. Yeah, nine, um okay. Nine, t- well, nine touchdowns, two field goals. San Francisco's team <clears> total <throat> 30 and a half. Uh they got to get to 31 to meet expectations. I know I bet I bet a big team total last week. I don't know if I have the I don't know if I have the You got it. Again. Uh, I got the, it. The, the the Cowboys made it made it sweaty but they got to 32. Um <sighs> All right. Well, Packers team total is 20 I might just bet that again. I'll have a little bit of that. If I'm betting the over, you're already presupposing that Green Bay can get you some help. I think yeah. you put a little bit on that as well. So I'll probably yeah. have the over and the Green Bay team total over. Yeah. So for if people- nothing else, like it's a playoff game, Drew. We don't see this. Oh, let's pack it in for the, you know, we're, we're losing by four touchdowns. Yeah. Let's run the ball late. Like you don't do yeah. any of that. Obviously, the same thing with Dallas. We saw them. Continuing, even though theirs was very futile. At the, yeah. At the so there. before accounting for injuries, because I didn't know my fare was seven on this game, but I'm actually now closer to seven and a half, downgrading the Packers a little bit, upgrading the uh, Niners a little bit for expected availability of some supporting cast. Um, my fare on the money line for both Green Bay and Houston are both right around 30, uh, 35%, a little under. So give each one about a third of a chance. We'll see. And then, yeah, just situationally, obviously, another <clears throat> back-to-back travel spot. A little bit of a bump for Niners, but I'm I'm just a little, I'm pretty much on market here after some adjustments. Okay. Um, move to Sunday. You want to set up uh, the morning the morning contest? The morning contest, Tampa Bay. Yeah, this is gonna be nice. We're gonna get to do our show a little earlier next Sunday. We'll do the. The kind of the recap thing. Gosh, it's gonna be like four o'clock your time when the the second game is rolling through. So Tampa Bay looked pretty good, did they not? That was uh the game that I was scared to bet into. Uh basically with all the injuries, not knowing if Baker Mayfield is healthy because we saw what a dinged up Baker looks like against the absolute bottom of the barrel team in Carolina. And, you know, we had all the other injuries on the other side that really did scare me. But right off the bat, it was everybody. I mean, there were David Moore and, you know, uh, Palmer. I mean, guys, it wasn't even just Evans. We missed Evans on a couple big deep shots, and not by much. It's not as if they were 
bad throws or bad effort by Evans. It was just a little bit off a couple times. So like it's uh it was another one maybe maybe compared a little to what we said about KC is like they probably could have scored more on Philly. Like the Tampa Bay offense was was kind of clicking at times and you know it's a secondary, it's a defense we've shat on for a month. So maybe that's not super surprising. I think the more surprising part was just how inept we saw from the game plan on both sides for Philly. And I don't want to talk a lot about Philly because, you know, they're eliminated. We're looking forward here. So maybe Tampa, I don't want to say Tampa Bay had it easy because they looked good, but certainly didn't get the best shots of an NFL team. I felt, you know, from, from either side of the ball and then Detroit won. They looked very good in the first half. Like we said, both quarterbacks were great in that one. But Detroit was a little shaky in the second half. I don't know, cashing in on drives, keeping drives alive, getting some points. Obviously, both teams maybe played a little tighter, a little cagier in the second half. And it's still not a good secondary. It's still not a good defense for Detroit. So um, I don't know. I'm excited to watch this one. But this is another one where I'm kind of close. I'm going to be... I'm going to be hammering some props here. I'm at what? What do we at for a market right now? We still just plopped on the three, or excuse me, the six. There's there's yep. some people. Yeah, I'm three. Uh, somebody uh, circa moved to seven at one point. Is that uh, so, was that 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 was a funny funny business? Oh no, they're still at seven. So this is this is another one too where I I said I was just going to be at I'm going to be at six and change. You thought I was high. There's some other people that are I very did. adamant that this number is wrong. I thought you. I said you were high. I thought you did. Maybe it was no, the I, other ones. I don't know where. Where do you sit on this one? I'm seven. at six point two. I'm at seven. Okay. Well, you're further up than me then. Yeah. Um, there's some people that are adamant that this number is a little high. That this adjustment is too big, and Tampa should take money. And we're still early-ish in the cycle. We could see it later in the week. We could see this get swatted. And drop down yeah. to a five, five and a half. But yeah, for, for me, this number's fine. This total is probably right where it should be, 48 and a half, 49. And I'm just really excited to watch this one. Yeah. Yeah. I guess Detroit did get kind of tight in the second half there. Uh ultimately their first drive was nine plays, 44 yards. It got shut down by some sacks at the end of the drive. And then they only mm-hmm. really had two other drives that were both short. Um, really the kind of story of the second half, as far as I could tell you, uh, was the Rams had two, they had a 10 play 66 yard drive that ate six minutes and they got a field goal followed by a 13 play 79 yard drive that ate six and a half minutes that they got a field goal. Like that was kind of like, it just shortened the whole second half, like aggressively. And so I don't really know that I would really say anything other than I go credit to the, uh, uh, Lions defense for their red zone, standing strong in the red zone and forcing yeah. those field goals. Because if they give up a touchdown, was either the, one that of was those the, drives, the game's the game. over. They were over. Th- the Rams went over <laughs> three. Yeah, yeah, that was the game. Uh, but uh, ultimately, like everything else about the Lions offense was elite in that game overall. Uh, Six point one yards per play is, is solid. They didn't turn the ball over, um, and that's the thing, Drew. Like we yeah. said, they didn't have very many good. You know, you had the, a long play in the second half. But for the most part, there was a lot of bad and, you know, uh, what do you want to say? Unsuccessful, when you're talking about success rate, unsuccessful plays, and they still, you know, ended the game with over six yards per play. So, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. it was a good game overall. They did yeah. uh, 
they could have given me a little more in the second half offensively. Yeah. I, uh, my numbers, by the way, for both of these teams have not been adjusted. I didn't adjusting neutral adjustments for both the lions and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, based on seeing what we saw and the injuries for those games. I don't even know that you should be adjusting teams much at all anymore, unless there's meaningful injury injuries. Like there really is. You should, you should have a pretty static rating. I think on a lot of these teams at this point, um, and injuries rest, uh, and almost everything about you know coming to a number that's broadly off of uh, neutral is going to be matchup based, I think, and that's really kind of where I fall on this particular game and why I like the Lions. Um, I think the um, you can basically zero this entire handicap down to Todd Bowles' defense being absolutely the perfect matchup at the perfect time to to frustrate the Eagles. Yeah, the the blitzing was. I mean, it was very perfect. End, but hand it was and perfect. glove. Like, that was every, hand and glove. Every time it worked, every time it felt like. That was hand and glove how you want to defend Philly. And it was absolutely perfect. Uh, hand and glove how you want to attack the Todd Bowles defense is what the Lions do, which yeah. is good pass protection, good help blocking, and have four guys that can win their one-on-ones down the field. And I think ultimately the um, the – Leaving the cornerbacks and safeties on islands against uh, uh, William, you know, against uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, Williams, and uh, uh, and uh, Reynolds and Laporta is a problem. Uh, yeah. And realistically, if this is a blitz heavy approach by Todd Bowles, I think the uh, Buccaneers defense gets absolutely cooked. Um, Lions have faced two relatively blitz friendly teams recently. It was the Vikings. Well, yeah. two of the last three weeks of the season. I was going to say, it's, is it the same team? <laughs> it's 30 yeah. in both games. Yeah. You go back further. Um, they had a good success rate against uh, the Buccaneers at a high blitz rate earlier this season, even without their running backs healthy. Uh, and then you look at the uh, – and that was on the road. And then you look at the um, the game against the, the Broncos was the other kind of high blitz rate game they faced. They scored 42 points. So it's – to me at least, this Lions team is not the team you want to do. You know, you want Todd Bowles to run his fastball type of defense, and that's all he does is yeah. throw fastballs. So, I yeah, I think the Buccaneers defense is going to have a long day in this one. Can, kind of a supporting point there. And I, I do want to say that Antoine Winfield has continued to, you know, improve his game and his craft. Sure. He's going to be a law. He's going to be a good player for a long time in this, uh, in this, you know, game. And maybe he's not with this team forever, but the Todd Bowles blitzing is not something he would do. He wouldn't do otherwise, but it, it is kind of necessary at times. If you look at, and boy, I know there, there's different ways to grade out defenses, and PFF grades are kind of under attack today, so I don't know if I want to reference too much of that stuff. But if you look at Davis, you look at Dean, even you know the other, the other guys who play in, in the slot or your nickelbacks, they don't grade out well as a secondary outside of Winfield. Like Their corners aren't as good as maybe some people think they are, and it does get a little bit disguised by the fact that sometimes the blitzes just work and hide that fact. Or if you run into a team where the blitzes aren't working, the defensive, excuse me, the offensive line is good enough to hold up. You have a quarterback who's playing well, or you just have a scheme through the offensive coordinator that puts you in positions to succeed. Even if you are blitzing, these corners can be beat like rented mules. And I think I I did kind of want to 
<laughs> take some Tampa straight up because I think you know, what we saw last week lends itself to a, a high variance game here. But uh, I really, I really think it's like you're saying. I think it's a bad matchup for the Tampa Bay defense. Yeah, and I think uh, a negative game state here on the road. Tampa is in a little bit of trouble. Yeah, <clears throat> cracks in that uh, pass pro are starting to show. Um, they were elite through eight weeks, and they've kind of gotten a little worse since Mayfield holds on to the ball for a long time. Uh, he took some key sacks in that Philly game that were, you know, obviously didn't. One of them was like or, twenty they, yards, man. They were, yeah, they were ultimately inconsequential because they were great. But like, you know, they the, you do that in a closer game or with a deficit, like that's a that's, that's a drive killer. That's a game killer. Uh, same with the drops. Like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are still dropping footballs. Uh, and like the fact that they won so effortlessly against the Eagles is an even greater indictment of the Eagles, I guess. Um, and it, but, yeah, anyone uh, who sees, if you've ever seen a, a tweet or a study or a, an article that writes about explosive plays, and you know, there's several out there, but just like having having even one explosive play in a drive, what it does for that drive, as far as points per drive, EPA, and all that, it's the exact opposite of that. Those early down sacks. If you, it's, it's an explosive, it's the, you know, negative, it's the inverse of an explosive play, or if you're facing, especially a second down, a big second down sack in a, in a game state where you're from, you're playing from behind rather than with the lead. If he does that shit this week, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be a rough hang with Tampa. Yeah. And I think uh, the pass rush for the Lions has an opportunity to win. Implosive. Oh, I love yeah. this. Implosive play. Implosive play, yeah. Bodzilla is yeah. on, a, on a heater today. Yeah, so I ultimately I think your your opportunities for drive-killing sacks is real. Your opportunity for turnovers is real. Um, you know, we're not super far removed from Baker Mayfield being an absolute turnover machine uh, in the, the contest against what was it the the Saints? I forget where he was just super. The, the Saint, yeah, the Saints game was just <clears throat> oh, the whole team looked like hell. Yeah, so you know, and that maybe you throw that out, maybe you don't. I don't know, but I know that uh, the Lions playing at home uh, and just in general having the easier matchup for their offense to find success in this game has me uh, perfectly fine laying the points with them as a favorite here under seven. So I think this should close seven. We'll see if it does. Um, Tampa Bay. Honestly, I Andy, I think any sevens you see are going to get snapped. Uh, I hate doing I think, this. I think it's six and a half, man. I hate doing this, but like you remember last year when um, the uh, Giants beat the Vikings? Yeah. And for a hot minute, it was like, oh, whoa, the Giants good. Yeah, and then we had to point out that the Vikings defense was the, the most right. horseshit unit in the league. <laughs> and ironically, got Daniel Jones paid, and Dan, you know, got a bunch of guys, uh, you know, in hot water this year because they were, you know, the expectations were too high. Um, but uh, they get clean; they got their clocks clean the next week by the Eagles. And yeah. the takeaway from that was, oh. Um, Oh, the Vikings suck, but oh, the, the Giants do too, <laughs> and they just yeah. both happen to make the playoffs. Well, the Eagles sucked, and the Bucks probably do too, and they just both happen to make the playoffs. I think it's kind of where I'm at. Um, and yeah, I'm even, glad even that, at the yeah. end of the at the end of the season, I still had the Saints power rated slightly higher than Tampa. Sure, you know, they, they were. I think they were my lowest team um, outside. I think I had Pittsburgh below them. Okay, uh, so look ahead on the most likely NFC matchup before we move on. Uh, Lions head to, uh, uh, I guess here's a question for you. The same question I asked Still about the Niners. 
if if this is a uh, if this is a Lions ass kicking, which knock on wood it will be, um, biggest thing I staked all week. Uh, what does that impact the Ravens? It should. It should. I think. I think the manner in which the Lions <clears throat> win this game decides which side of seven this opens. Okay, that's that's right. Okay. Um the the median to, the median side for that should be <clears throat> San Francisco minus seven at home. Okay. And if the Lions, you know, maybe get a little banged up, maybe don't look so hot doing it, maybe that gets that up to a seven and a half. Okay. Lions are very impressive, and it's the uh, the shoes on the other foot in San Francisco. Maybe not as much. Maybe you see a six and a half. So okay. it's kind of where I'm at with that number. If the Lions eek, I'm assuming if the uh, Niners eek against the Packers and the and the Lions look like world killers. That's what I'm saying. You can get a six and a half. That's as low as you think it's going to go. It feels like you'd still take Niners money, man. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to go too far below that. Just. Okay. You you can't like you to to the point of someone wise who said this like twenty minutes ago. You can't go too far off the anchor numbers <laughs> that we have. We're in the postseason. Uh, yeah, this is 20, 20 weeks. Yeah. Of, yeah, right. like, These are numbers. You know, yeah. if if Debo is knocked out, somebody rips a knee up that's important. CMC's calf gives out right away. Then yeah, you know, then we can open a number. But healthy team versus healthy team, six and a half to seven and a half. I think. Okay. Okay. Uh, I tend to agree, uh, and I would probably lay up to seven with the Niners, but health will determine a lot of that, I suppose. Um, Kansas City Buffalo. Yeah, this is a weird one. You ever handicapped one of these before? So the the Buffalo injury stuff was massive, and in coming into the week. We're sitting at right now. Let's just use the bookmaker numbers: two and a half forty-five. It's come down off the three that it's uh, you know bounced back and forth to, depending. The markets again are weird this time of year because you get some soft books that decide to open early, and you know those aren't real numbers, but they're real numbers to the people who snatch them up. And again, we congratulate yeah. you guys for having good numbers and being able to snag a number that's clearly off market and getting some good prices early on, on some of these books that are just throwing caution to the wind on Sunday nights at lower limits. But uh, another one where the, the total got bet up a little bit back to 45. And the more I look at this one, it's, it's kind of one of those same spots where do I trust either one of these teams? Because it depends how you want to spin your narrative. Cause I've heard two people do it the exact same thing, but in opposite directions with Kansas city. They said, Hey, Kansas city, like, Oh, and this is something that we've said. We said this Sunday as well, but I heard other people say Kansas city was moving the ball. Nice in a little bit better luck in the red zone or a few more third down plays and they score 40 points. And then there's the opposite side of that where, Hey, this is maybe a little bit of a trend because we saw it against Cincinnati. We certainly saw it against the Raiders. Like this team is struggling in the red zone right now to get things moving. This is struggling to finish drives for the most part. And they got the win, but they were in such a good situational spot. I don't know that it told us a ton about Kansas City. I think it told us a ton about, you know, the uh, uh, a Kansas City team that's playing a team without a pass rush and a quarterback who was clearly 
uncomfortable and I mean, just say a trash all day long. So I don't know playing the hottest team now. That's not that much has really changed. They just have had better results. You know, they, they've gotten some nice wins. The, the week 18 game was nice to get that done. Obviously from a team that could have missed the playoffs still to being the two seed, getting a home game, getting another home game. But like uh, it's, it's probably going to come down to both pass rushes and like how the secondary plays the number ones here. Diggs has been a bit of a mystery for me. I'd like to hear your opinion on, I don't want to go full out and, and do the whole, oh, what's wrong with Stefan Diggs? Is <laughs> Stefan Diggs not, you know, is he not happy? But like, it's, it's a different kind of offense than what we've seen in the past. It's always been like, why can't we get Diggs number two? He's having to carry so much. Now this offense is, quite a bit different from what we've seen in previous years, I think. And I guess I want to hear what you, th- how you think that matches up against the Kansas city defense who can pass rush, who has looked better in the linebacking, you know, not only from in the box, but in coverage too. And yeah. has a, has a Sneed who had a nice game, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the limitations of digs are pretty well evident. Last half of this year, he just hasn't been anywhere close to the same impactful player for whatever reason. Uh, he's in, he, he's a guy that beat, he walks to the beat of his own drum. So it could be just slippage in quality of play. It could be an injury. It could be just he didn't really care for Buffalo anymore. Like, I have no clue. Um, but I would say the, um, uh, the, I guess the only kind of high confidence take I have for this game is that I think the market is low on, Chiefs defense and the market is high on Bill's offense and that to me says if there's one outcome that I would be the most surprised by it would be the Buffalo Bills like scoring 35 looking real good looking real good right like I don't think there's really a ton of game outcome here where the bill where it comes easy for the Bills I'm, I'm kind of with you but for both sides I don't well, see, see this. You, so that's the thing. Like, okay, I hey, don't hold, see on. This game hold on, hold on, hold on. I have on. it as a close game. So I think it's a good. I, I agree, it's a close game. I but yeah, like, let, like let's let's kind of let's kind of put the Bills' output in terms of score in a in a in a bottle, like seventeen to twenty-four, right? I think that's kind of the the a pretty tight a pretty tight range for where the Bills land, right? <clears throat> the Chiefs, I have a very different. Uh, kind of take on because of the injuries to the Bills. Sure. The Bills really right now only have a healthy unit with their front front four. Um, those guys are neutralized by decent pass pro for the Chiefs. They're neutralized by good scrambling from the uh, from Mahomes. Um, they're probably going to be okay stopping the run, maybe, but the linebacker level is really what you circle in red if you are game planning Andy Reid, right? Andy Reid is like, okay, this was where you wanted to attack them in the middle of the season after they lost Milano and didn't have the answers at that level. They got answers at the level by two guys who then got hurt. Uh, those two guys, and if you're watching, you know, I would watch very carefully for these injury reports and see how this plays out. But Dodson and Bernard matter a ton in this particular game because they occupy a very important part of the field where the where the screen game for the Chiefs could be absolutely deadly, where T- Travis Kelsey could be uh, extremely effective, 
and where scrambling Mahomes could be, uh, you know, uh, just a nightmare to try to tackle, right? And so, like, there's if if Dodson and Bernard are not playing, then I don't know how the Bills construct their defense for this game. Like, they may have safeties playing linebackers and stuff like that. Um, like, I was like, I would fell, fell out of my chair seeing AJ Klein running around out there against the Steelers. Like, didn't know he was on the roster. Um, it realistically is a problem if you don't have anyone at that level who can match up with what Andy Reid has very good answers for, which is screen game and uh, tight end, uh, you know, tight end stuff over that part of the field. So with that said, I think the Chiefs can sustain drives. I don't know that they're going to be any good in the red zone. Their red zone against Miami was concerning. They might be kicking field goals instead of scoring touchdowns. That's entirely possible. They're definitely going to be dropping passes. I don't know that Rice has a necessarily a great matchup in this one because Rasul Douglas, I'm expecting to go, and he's going to get help from good safeties uh, over the top. So it's Rice may be a little bit uh, underwhelming in this contest. But I guess what I'm getting at is if the Chiefs succeed in the red zone early in this one, and then then I think this turns into classic Andy Reid just destroys the game in the second half with sustained drives and you never just, see the ball back. Yeah, the 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 Bills get three drives in the second half. Yeah. And they basically have to score, you know, 14 Touched points on the 14 points on those three drives otherwise the game is not going their way. Um and th- there is something to to what we saw from Miami and the fact that the pass rush was just non-existent for big parts of the game and yet they were able to hold up in the red zone because I don't I don't want to say pass rush matters less but it does become easier for the secondary to defend in tighter spaces there's less field to defend and it, it becomes less of a problem that Mahomes can you know wander around back there at will because they are able to do, put together some coverage when they have not only the sidelines but the back end zone the back of the end zone to use with some extra extra defenders what have you so I think even if the Bills aren't getting a pass rush, we probably see some similar, similar red zone, you know, frustration from Kansas City. I think this is a low-scoring game that comes down to it, and it, it feels this is silly to say, but it just feels like whoever wins the first half kind of takes this because of what can't like just what you said, what Kansas City can do with the lead in the second half, what they have done all year. And then how we've seen Kansas City look coming from behind against basically sure. anybody. Uh, uh, hey, 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 double double results. Yeah, double results. Hey, I got to add to that the idea of like if this is a positive game state for the Bills, they can put it away on the ground. Yeah. They People can run can. in Kansas City. They, you absolutely could put it away on the ground. We saw that a month ago where they just, hey, let's, it doesn't even matter if our running backs are good. Hey, Cook, just keep doing it. And yeah, yeah, it does. It does turn into whoever is like the first half is just massive. The scripted, the scripted drives, not forcing the ball and having some bad Josh Allen turnover. Um, you know, if he has a couple of ugly turnovers or you know some bad things happen, takes a bad sack on third down in the first yeah. half, it, it might be the game. Yeah. Second half under blind. Yeah, that's where I'm at, Vodzilla. Yep. Um, yeah, the second half under is well on the radar. Um, I guess say... the one, the one, uh, the one thing that's worth bringing up because it came up a couple of times. It's been floating, kicked around online by some high-profile accounts who I like. Um, this is a rematch of a game that changed the OT rules. Yeah. 
God. The OT rules were changed. A touchdown that, does not end why the would game. It, what happened? Uh, <laughs> it was, uh, I think it was this round in these teams. It was uh, a round. Yeah. Um, pretty sure. Because uh, Buff- if Buffalo won that, they were winning the next week and yeah, the week after. Yeah, I think they were. And you can't be mad because you had the Rams. Yeah, no, I'm not. You were. I'm long over that. Long over that. Um, the uh, but no, the the rules were changed for overtime. People haven't. We have not yet seen it in action to matter, so we don't really. It's not cemented in people's brains yet. Um, but. Uh, yeah, the winning team scores a touchdown. The opposing offense gets one possession to answer, and then it is uh, sudden death after that. So the actual game theory about whether you ex- take the kick or receive or 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 uh, pick yeah. your. You know, I hope we see an overtime game just to see the game. Yeah, we don't. Out. Yeah, we we have no <laughs> idea how teams have modeled this out. What they think the optimal theory is. Um, if a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people think that if you get the ball second and you have conceded a touchdown, that your your win probability is higher going for two than it is kicking the ball to them uh, in a tie game um, because it is sudden death. Um, so yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of fascinating wrinkles. Just keep that in mind. Uh, we don't. This is probably you know. I don't know that we're going to see a tie yeah. in any of these would, games, but if we're going to see a tie in any game, this is probably the one, which is why it's come the, up. And yeah, you, you choose to play defense. It allows you to play with four downs. That's very succinctly put by John Charles. I love that. <clears throat> that is the biggest thing. Like you have the, you you don't have any decisions. I'm going for it on every fourth down because I have to. But, Whereas if you're playing first, yeah, you have it. Let's say you have a fourth and in inches at like the 38. Yeah, that's a very ticklish decision. You put yourself in harm's way having to go for two on your touchdown, though, because you, you don't, don't have wanna, to. You don't, you don't want, have to. But it's sudden death if you kick it. You, you get, know, you, you, you're giving it to the other team on the 25-yard line. You, you have to weigh your best, the, the odds of your best two-point conversion holding to your defense, holding them to you know not getting into field goal range. I think, I mean, I think you're correct. That going for two is the optimal decision, but I'm saying you you do get to play with the four downs, which is massive. Okay, okay, it's it's going to be um, fascinating to see how it plays out. I, look, I'm look, I, I just good. plugged in all four look aheads. Um, what would most likely we'll just go with Buffalo? They are the small favorite here. Buffalo at Baltimore, uh, Baltimore by four. Hmm, I'm a little not more there. There. <laughs> I'm I'm uh, I'm barely over three there. Yeah, I'm I'm at four point one. I still, I guess, I'm obviously much higher in Baltimore than I'm you, barely so. over. I'm barely over three for either one. I've, and I think I'm lower on Kansas City than you are. So I have I have Baltimore hosting KC at like five point eight, hmm. which is I, I I doubt they would open that high. Although I'm more I'm more on market with Baltimore than you I, are. I have given zero point zero thought to matchups and what I would actually try to get into on Baltimore versus KC or Buffalo. I just haven't even haven't even because this is a coin flip. Yeah. But but KC Buffalo. Obvi- obviously, yeah, obviously the, the upsets if Houston were to upset they'd be you know touchdown fair or touchdown dog. Yeah. Also who Kansas also City if probably if, ten points in Buffalo. If Buffalo is in <clears throat> that game, do they get any of these guys back? That, that's interesting too. If Buffalo does win they have another week to get some guys healthy. 
Yeah. If they do, I all of a sudden like, oh. And then, you know, I could maybe my 4.1 comes down to a 3.5 if we if we get several defensive pieces healthy again. And who knows where Baltimore's at. And then, yeah, Houston traveling to Buffalo or Kansas City would be a 7 to 10 point dog. Right. And yep. yeah, I, and out of half, I would probably bet Houston as a 10 point dog in Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. What about Houston KC? Is KC, do you think KC is, I guess, I'd make it a touchdown. Is your brain going to break if KC hosts the FC Championship game for the sixth year in a row? <laughs> that would piss some people off, wouldn't it? I wouldn't care. <laughs> like, kudos to you guys for doing, you know, would that inspire the league to vote for neutral championship games? Do you think that's actually like something that's coming? It came up last year. If there's a sixth it, year in it, a row, it's in KC. So it, it came up because of the unfairness that due to the DeMar Hamlin game. Yep. And so that's why the bug is out there. And there is some money to be made, I suppose, by having it in like, oh, shit, it's in Buffalo. Like, no offense to you guys if you live in Buffalo or Kansas City, but there are bigger cities with more events and warmer weather that they can have these games in. Yeah. The fact that they're having them in cold weather. I mean, for how many years, how many AFC title games have been in Indianapolis, Foxborough, Kansas City? Um, did the Jets host one when they went back? To, like, there's been a lot of cold weather conferences. I think title you just games. go you just go back and forth between Phoenix and New Orleans for the AFC championship game. And you and go back and forth between Miami Atlanta, and Ve- Miami and Vegas for the AFC. I mean for the say Atlanta yeah. and Atlanta, Vegas, Miami. Yeah. All the all the all the big Super Bowl ones. Yeah, yeah. You just bounce it back and forth. You can't play in LA because you could end up a situation where you got a basically a home home game for go to London. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I like that. You use NFC stadiums for use the NFC AFC stadiums for the AFC games. You AFC stadiums for the NFC games, and just kind of pick a couple good ones and bounce it back and forth every year. <laughs> <I feel dumb. laughs> yeah, you go. I, I I'll put I'll put Houston, uh, Miami, and Vegas in a three way for and then like the Atlanta, NFC. New Orleans, Atlanta, New Orleans, and Phoenix. Dallas. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go. Oh, Dallas, Dallas yeah. is better than yeah. Phoenix. Yeah. Better than Atlanta. Better than Atlanta. No, Phoenix. Oh, I, I Phoenix, Dallas. Dallas. Yeah, Phoenix, Dallas, New Orleans for the uh, the NFC or the AFC. Game. Yeah, Tot- Tottenham for the AFC, Wembley for the, for the <laughs> NFC. That'll be fun one year. They'll do that. They're gonna within like twenty five years, don't you think? There's is it be nice like to be in London in January? Well, that's the thing. The fact that we've we've breached South America now. Do you think that we'll have a Super Bowl in like, you know, a different country? Rio. A, a more <laughs> a, a Super Bowl in Rio. Yeah, it's summer down there. I'm googling when is Carnival. <laughs> it's real close. I was gonna say it's, it's real close. It's like middle of February. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. you could. It is February. So this year it is February 8th through the 13th. Yeah. When is the Super Bowl? The Super Bowl is the 11th. So literally, if the Super Bowl were in Rio de Janeiro, but we got we went way off the reservation here, but <laughs> it would be during Carnival. Oh my God, the trouble you could get in! <laughs> Sending a bunch of NFL fans to Rio for Carnivals seems a little dangerous. <clears throat> Who knows? Um, yeah. All right. 
Yeah, I'm sure. Hey, you want to you want to uh, you make an extra hundred billion dollars? Get uh, Saudi Arabia involved. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. God. Yeah. Get the get the uh... <laughs> playing it at like three a.m. local time. Yeah. All right. Um, let's uh, let's wrap it up here. Uh, best no... best team total. Packers over. Oh no! I want I want Bills under. I think. Right. Because there's there's a, there's, there's such a, a KC maxi though. There's Sorry. a lot of, there's a lot of scope for Packers to you know the bubble pop Cinderella's you know time it hits midnight um, and it's twenty it's twenty and a half uh, unders oh yeah a twenty and a half is is juiced to the over right now so that's good I mean it's sure. a it's a it's a favorable over twenty at the yeah, twenty twenty three and a half for a Buffalo team that's looked awful good yeah I think that's right at the top of their range though okay. I'll ride with you there. I'm not if it goes to overtime, it'll it. be funny. <laughs> yeah, okay. and then we go to an over. They go to overtime with like 18 <laughs> points. You don't know. Josh Allen is just running on every down and can't be tackled, and you're just like, oh, for Christ. Josh <laughs> Allen is. Yeah, Josh Allen is the the kid who needs to be medicated in your class that forgot his, his riddle <laughs> in that day. Like, do you remember the the Mike Myers sketch from? Like, oh yeah. A hundred years ago, where he's like tied to the jungle gym, and they give him a chocolate bar, and he just runs, and like the whole jungle gym comes with him. Sure, Josh Allen. I love that. Let's call it a night. Let's call it a night. We'll catch you guys this weekend. Enjoy the football. If you're, you know, obviously we're on Twitter, we're in the Discord. Leave messages here if you have anything, questions, comments, nuggets ideas thoughts leave them we'd love to hear we'd love to talk football only seven games left hit the thumbs up on the way out if you watch the youtube leave a positive review for the podcast if you or, uh, yeah or just like this show sucks the host yelled or whatever I never, read, I never read the reviews i have i, have the thinnest skin I don't ever. care i can't possibly read them. so yeah, right. if you write something mean no i will not see it all right see you guys. Uh, best of luck Shout out to Cool. Got some cool gear in the middle today. Oh, hell yeah. Got a hell of a deal. Do they restart action at Wimbledon at long last? I think they're getting close. Oh, no, no, didn't get the break. Did I stay Wimbledon? I meant the Ozzy Open, obviously. I, I caught it. I didn't, wasn't going to.